And just like that, we are back. And my name is not Matt. My name is Brian. Matt went 5-0 and betting the board last week. And I think he took a trip down to Cancun, told the Eagles to fire Brian Johnson. And it worked. He is fired. But we will talk about that later. I'm here with Jack. Two-man show today. Jack, how's it going? Good, bro. Auburn basketball finally cracked the top 10, which we'll get into. Uh, but yeah, shout out the AP poll for finally pulling their head out of their ass and making us uh, Auburn fans nice and happy. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. It took that long. And I hope it's not short-lived because we got Bama tonight. And that's, that's going to be a tough game. I think they're two and a half point underdogs. But like you said, we'll, we'll get into that in a, in a few few minutes. But first, we have to recap a wild NFL divisional weekend. I mean, it's some great football. We had a couple, maybe one bad game, which we'll get to first in a minute. But I don't know how you felt about it. I, I had a good time watching the football. Of course, it's football. It's playoff football. I get excited for every single game. I understand, you know, calling the Ravens-Texans game a somewhat of a bad game. But even in my opinion, the bad games are great football games when we're in the playoffs. So you ready to get into that one right now or? Yeah, we might as well. I mean, Lamar finally gets the monkey off his back. He's going to the AFC Championship. First time Harbaugh's been there in 11, 12 years since whenever Joe Flacco wasn't running around with four kids but yeah I admittedly didn't get to watch much much of this game Uh, my fiance my grandma threw my fiance a bridal shower on Saturday so I was kind of running back and forth doing stuff for that I heard the punt return the best play of the game on the radio so (laughs) I mean at least I got to kind of hear it I guess but I want to hear your thoughts on kind of what happened because Stroud did not seem like he played that well no, yeah, but don't worry, Brian, I got you. I watched every minute of this game. I couldn't wait for this divisional round to kick off. And, you know, as much as Stroud has been that guy this year, he just wasn't in this game. And it's, you know, really a credit to Baltimore's defense. They've been the best defense all year in every matchup they've been in. And, you know, they proved it again tonight. Uh, this past week. They shut down Stroud. If you take away that punt return for a touchdown, they're, they're held to three points. You know, Texas, Texans only put three points in this game. So, you know, while you may have heard the most electric call for the Texans uh, on the radio, believe me, it was the only call worth hearing for if you were a Texans fan in this one. Uh, you know, outside of outside of that touchdown, they really couldn't get much going on offense. Stroud couldn't do much. Singletary couldn't do much. I mean, the Ravens, again, credit to them. They shut them down. And uh, on, on the offensive side for the Ravens, Lamar just did Lamar things. Been saying he's the MVP since week 14, week 15, uh, since before he dismantled my Jaguars. He He's him. You know, he better win it because regardless of what he does in this playoff, you know, it, it's supposed to be a regular season award. He was still the best player in the regular season, led the Ravens to a number one seed. Here they are, uh, you know, going in the AFC championship for the first time in a while. They're going to be playing the Chiefs, man, who are, are not uh, – <laughs> not new to this that's for damn sure but you know different approach kind of team but we'll get into that yeah no Lamar's kind of our last chance to get rid of the whole Taylor Swift in the Super Bowl that we're going to have to witness if the Chiefs do get there but yeah I mean you said it Lamar's the MVP he's him he had four touchdowns in this game and that Ravens defense held Stroud and that running game to 213 yards if they can do that against a Chiefs team that honestly, is not the offensive juggernaut we're used to. They're going to move on to that Super Bowl. Uh, the one thing I did 
recognize from the few quarters I did watch in this game. The Texans, I don't know if it was nerves, if it was crowd noise, or if Laramie Tunsil was sharing the gas mask with the whole offensive line. But the amount of false starts and just like pre-snap penalties, I know they're a young team, but it was that that's, you can't do that. Yeah, I mean, look, first playoff game, not at home, not in Dome, in Baltimore, cold. I mean, there, there's a lot of extra, you know, external factors that you got to work against uh, if you're Stroud and, and this offensive line and the, just the Texans. It, it was not good for them. They could not stop with the pre, pre-snap pre penalties. It killed them. Don't get me wrong. It absolutely killed them. Um, and it just – you can't do things like that against the best defense in the league. Yeah, that crowd was loud in Baltimore. I know they love their Ravens, so they're, they're going to be hosting the championship game. So what we'll see if they can rattle Mahomes is a tough task, especially in the playoffs. But, yeah, speaking of hostile environments, the Packers almost pulled it out against the 49ers. Unfortunately, they couldn't get that last field goal to hit your over. <laughs> but 21-24, I, I guess we both expected this game to be closer than the spread. I took them a nine and a half. You said the over. You thought Jordan Love was going to have a big game. What did you see here? This is sort of how I expected the game to play out, minus uh, all the miscues. Uh, there, there were definitely a lot of miscues, a couple of plays that didn't get executed. Obviously, the one I'm going to go back to is that Andres Carlson missed field goal. If he hits that field goal, that last Jordan Love drive at the end is for the Packers to win the game. <clears throat> but even if he can't get them in field goal range and hit the next one, he's able to uh, push that into OT and you know that I'm I'm cashing my over if, if that goes into OT. So really disappointed on that. Brock Purdy hit his over on his passing yards, you know, over 250. So I was happy about that. But Jordan Love just after having a great run towards the end of the season, a, a great run, you know, against the Cowboys, just absolutely and even played pretty well to start this game, but just absolutely shit the bet on that last drive. I don't know what he was thinking with that throw. Uh, quite honestly, you know, with how good he played, I want to say that this was just, you know, one of those bad decisions, bad throws, young guy. He's going to learn that you can't do that. I don't want to call him a choker yet. You know, I don't think that's fair to bring up just yet. It's his first time out there in the playoffs on the road, best team in the NFC. So I think that the Packers, uh, you know, very young team. I think that they played great, and I think that they're going to be back for years to come. Seems like they always freaking are. Uh, but uh, yeah, I was I was impressed with the Packers, even though they they really couldn't get it done in the end due to lack of execution. Yeah, it's easy if you're a Packers fan or a football fan to forget this was supposed to be a rebuilding year for them, and they ended up winning a playoff game and almost making it to the NFC Championship. I don't know if you. You saw the report that Matt Matt LaFour just likes to pray to God whenever Anders Carlson gets on the field. That was tough to hear. Yeah, very tough to hear. And to be fair, if you if you've been paying attention to his numbers over the season, I mean a rookie year, but still just not a great year. Any if if he wasn't a rookie, if he wasn't who he was at Auburn in college, you know, an elite kicker, I think they would have pulled the plug already and started themselves in the kicker carousel. But they said, or Lafleur said that he's going to ride with Carlson, you know, through the ups and downs, at least for this first year. We'll see him at the start of next year, I'm sure, with the way that, you know, Lafleur was talking about him. You know, he's a project like like all rookie kickers can be. <laughs> so I think we'll see him back next year. I don't think you have to worry about that, but he's definitely on the hot seat. No doubt about it. I think the one thing kind of keeping him at least employed for now is the fact the Vikings cut Daniel, and then now Daniel is one of the best kickers in the league. 
So that, I mean, that name alone, you're just like, yeah, struggled out the gate, but maybe, maybe he's good again. It's just, yeah, it's unfortunate going from a guy like Mason Crosby, who missed a game-winning field goal for my Giants this year, by the way, uh, to Anders, who was just not great for them. But they'll be back. The Packers will be fine. Mason, Mason's old, though, dude. You know, you, they had to move on from him. And I'm, yeah. I'm surprised that the, the Giants even pulled him up for a game. I mean, I feel like Graham Cano has been there for three decades as well, so they might as well. Well, excuse me, I remember David Akers uh, was that two decades ago. So yeah, Graham Cano has been around for a minute, but – yeah, uh, we need to see some good kickers joining the league, and it seems like they never come around. Yeah, no, I saw that um, <laughs> the Ninja tweet from, like, 20, 2021 when he was like, how how can NFL kickers not kick? And that was just getting retweeted all over my timeline. But yeah. it, he's got a point. Like, kicking has not been great. Well, dude, we just don't see the the Vinatieri's or the Gostkowski's or the or the Janikowski's anymore, man. We just yeah. don't see them like that anymore. I mean, shout out Mount Prater, um, shout out Brand McManus for a few years over there in Denver. Seems like the Denver kickers got it figured out. Um, you know, Will Lutz had it figured out for a few years down in uh, uh, New Orleans, but you know he he hasn't been good in Denver now. So you know. It's crazy things happening left and right with these kickers. I just want to see some more consistency. Yeah, no, I mean, this is another point you think about it now. The kickers left in the playoffs. You have the Ravens with Justin Tucker, of course. Then oh. you have the Lions have, what, Marvin Badgley? Yeah. The 49ers have the rookie, Jake Moody. Who has not been good. And then the Chiefs have Bucker. So the AFC team, whoever comes out of there, is going to have a huge advantage in the kicking game in the Super Bowl. So that's just something to think about when you're when you're placing your Super Bowl bets. That's that's a great great point, Brian. You're absolutely right. That whoever comes out of the AFC is absolutely going to have a distinct advantage as a kicker. I will say, you know, who comes out of the NFC? If it's the Niners, who we would expect, you know, big big advantage over the Niners in that department. If it's the Lions who somehow beat the Niners and make it to the championship, I wouldn't be too worried about that disadvantage. You know, Dan Campbell yeah, doesn't want to anyway. <laughs> He's gonna go for it on He's fourth down and whatever every single time. <laughs> this man Dan Campbell. I mean, speaking of Dan Campbell, the next game we saw another one that was, I guess, a little closer than at least I expected. I know you were on the Bucks. Bucks twenty three, Lions thirty one. The Detroit Lions have won two playoff games for the first time since nineteen fifty seven. I, I know Matt pulled that trivia out of his ass last week, and then I unfortunately had to tell him it was in the notes. But I. The Lions, they could win it all. I mean, they're, they have Team of Destiny vibes. Dan Campbell might be, dare I say, the best coach left in the playoffs. I know Shanahan's still there. I know Harbaugh's still there. But... Harbaugh, Shanahan. Yeah, I mean, there's – And there's Andy good... Reid. But... <laughs> and Andy <laughs> Reid, yeah. There's, there's good coaches all around. That's that's true. I guess this time of year you only get – Dan Campbell's at least the most fun. And he has oh, his team playing. We probably love him the most. He's definitely the most likable coach left, no doubt about it. And he ended Trey Palmer's streak. Trey Palmer was pissed off, didn't score a touchdown. Only Dan Campbell teams can do that. But I, I this game was fun. It's what I expected. I wanted a high-scoring game in the Dome, and it happened. But I know your Bucks let you down, so I, I want to hear from you about that. Yeah, you know, I was pulling for the Bucks in this one. I thought that they played a, a pretty good game, but you want to know, I, I thought Baker came down to earth, honestly. I thought that he missed some throws. I also thought Mike Evans, you know, I'm not really one to hit on Mike Evans, but I thought he dropped a couple passes that were, like, definitely catchable, definitely could have been better, 
better throws by Baker. You know, the, the first one I'm just going to go back to is, is that first turnover he had. Uh, he threw the ball over the middle to Mike Evans, went right off of Evans' hands. I mean, yeah, it was a little high. You don't want to throw a receiver a high football as he's going over the middle of the field. It's going to get him absolutely fucking cranked by whoever, you know, linebacker safety is coming down on him. So not a great throw there, but at the same time, Mike Evans let it go off his hands and it went right into DB's hands. So awful, awful way to start that for Baker and the Bucks. And I, I just feel like they never really found their stride on offense. But you know, also credit credit the 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 Lions offense as well. Um Jared Goff, he did not get pressured in this one. You know, I think that was also on the Bucks defensive coordinator or Todd Bowles not sent enough pressures, but the fact that Goff didn't get pressured in this one, like I had expected, was the reason the Lions won this game. He was able to absolutely they were the Bucks sent a four-man rush all game. And Jared Goff just picked them away in their zone defense that they were playing. I mean, finding Amon Ross St. St. Brown, Josh Reynolds, or Craig Reynolds. I never know which one it is. Um <laughs> Craig's the running and- back who somehow scored a touchdown. I never expected to hear Craig Reynolds score a touchdown in the playoffs. You, you never know. It's Craig Reynolds. It's Josh Reynolds. It, it, it's on, it's Amon Ross St. Brown, you know, Laporta. Both running backs were affected in this one. Jameer Gibbs looked like that number 12 overall pick was worth yeah. it. Um, and, you know, Montgomery didn't have the best day, but did his job to spell him. Um, and, and, you know, that's what they're looking for there. So, Complete game from the Lions all around. Uh, I, I really like the way they played in this one, and I think they're going to put on a good showing against the Niners. Um, this is going to be their first time going on the road in the playoffs, so that's something to look out for. But I'm happy they got that Detroit crowd two wins at home in this playoffs. Yeah, it's definitely going to be harder for them on the road. The one thing I will say about Jameer Gibbs, the Lions were getting clowned when they drafted him and then went on to trade DeAndre Swift because you're saying you're getting rid of basically the same player and wasting a first round pick. Gibbs has looked really, really good. I mean, you could tell he's got the young legs and he had a the touchdown run he had in this game. He just yeah. ran by like three guys when it looked like they were going to hawk him down. So, I mean, McCaffrey's going to have the edge, obviously, is the best running back in football, but the Lions can run the ball pretty well too. So that's just something to keep in mind when you look at that NFC Championship game. But going from Eminem to Taylor Swift, the final game of the weekend, Chiefs 27, Bills 24, I mean, the the Buffalo Bills are cursed. Jim Nan said it best. A kicker went right, wide right again. Their best player, Stephon Diggs, dropping a bomb from Josh Allen. Perfect throw. It's just, I they're cursed, and Patrick Mahomes doesn't lose before the AFC Championship. And I should have seen that coming, but my brain just went with the Bills. And I want to hear what you what you took away from this one, what – kind of your feeling is heading into next week for the Chiefs? Yeah, you know, Brian, this this is the way these games always play out. These Bills Chiefs with Allen and Mahomes. It's, it's sad to say, but it's always a close game. The Bills always have a shot to win it, and they never get it done when it matters. They just never get it done when it matters, man. It's, it sucks because I would love to see them put it to Mahomes one year, you know? I, I'm I love rooting for an underdog, right? Who doesn't? Who doesn't love rooting for that? Everybody hates, you know, whoever's winning all the time, unless it's your team. I mean, sorry, KC fans, but I'd like to see you guys lose for once. <laughs> I hope you do to the Ravens this week. <laughs> but but uh dude, the Bills, man, they just had every opportunity and couldn't get it done. I mean, 
you you can look in so many different directions. No, they didn't get a lot of pass rush on Mahomes. You know, Von Miller didn't didn't record a sack. I think the whole season. <laughs> I know I know he was hurt for a little while, but I don't think he had a single sack the entire year. I think I saw that stat. Yeah. So as far as my bets went in this game, I had three three bets in this game. Two and one, so definitely one of my better games for this divisional weekend. Usually, don't get hot until the Super Bowl. Uh, funny <laughs> enough, but so don't don't even bother riding me for for these uh, conference championships. But make sure you're tuning in on my best for the Super Bowl. Gives me enough time to really give a good analysis on the game that that extra week in between. But anyway, uh, getting back to this one, my bets: Josh Allen anytime touchdown cashed easy i mean colin gave that one i tailed it with him it was just a great bet uh you know he's going superman in in the postseason even though they didn't get the win you knew he was going to do everything he could to get that done stefan diggs i mean i'm kind of happy he dropped that bomb not gonna lie because i did have the under on his receiving yards i would have loved to see the bills win would i have traded that for that win on the bet yeah i would have honestly to see my homes lose uh and and josh allen finally you know take the next step but yeah didn't happen and then what was the last bet i had brian oh i had the over i had i had the under on this game and uh yeah of course of course, should have should have bet the over. I mean, I should have realized that Mahomes and Josh Allen were going to go back and forth a little bit in this one. Even though we have kickers missing field goals, uh, somehow the over still hit. Uh, but uh, last thing I want to talk about, Isaiah Pacheco, man. What a dog. What a story. What a dog. Um, I, I don't think that there's another running back in the league that I would rather have than Isaiah Pacheco. Am I crazy for saying that? I mean, yes. I love Christian. I love Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> I think I would rather have Isaiah Pacheco. That is insane. I, I know Pacheco's fun, and we love Pacheco over here, friend of the program. But to say you'd have him over Christian, I well, okay, so there's not really a two behind McCaffrey. So I Look, guess you could make the case. <laughs> this, is, this, is my, this is my thing with Pacheco and with running backs in general. If I'm running the football, I, I know people get fancy with the tosses and the sweeps and the misdirections and all that. If I'm running the football, I'm power running the football. Get me three or four yards. That's all I'm asking for. You know, I mean, well, four yards is kind of a lot on every running play. But make a push. Get me a couple yards. If you can break a tackle, you know, an arm tackle or two, which Pacheco does left and right, that's what I'm looking for. I mean, don't get me wrong. You get McCaffrey in space with the schemes. He can go bust one for a touch, a 70-yard touchdown, and he has multiple times this season. That's just not what I'm looking for out of my running back. But I'm not a GM. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Pacheco I, runs I, like – I don't have my team yet. <laughs> Pacheco runs like the Rutgers fans that are pissed off at him because he wasn't this good in college. I was at lunch with my dad, and we were just shooting the shit about the teams left. He's like, yeah, I mean, Pacheco was fine, but, like, where was this? We could have used that in the Big Ten. Uh, but yeah, I guess he he has the fresh legs because he wasn't that angry running for the Rutgers Scarlet Knights in college. But found that motivation. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. But yeah, the the final thing I have about this, you mentioned Stephon Diggs. He was so good for us in the beginning of the season, and he I don't know what what the hell happened with him. But over the last ten games, he had fifty more targets than Khalil Shakir. He had less receiving yards than a guy named Khalil Shakir. 
And I know the Bills, like, once they hired Joe Brady, they went towards running the ball and not really letting Josh Allen hold the ball for long periods of time. But, like, dude, you're supposed to be a premier receiver in the league. And this guy just fell off a cliff. Wow. 21 yards in the championship game is just unacceptable from Diggs. But, hey, he can bounce back next year. Maybe he'll be on the Bills. Maybe he'll be somewhere else. But Look, he, he drew the matchup with the Jerry Sneed, which we knew was going to be a tough one for him. Uh, especially after seeing the way Sneed handled Tyreek Hill the week before. I mean, we knew that with the way Stephon Diggs had been playing off all year, you know, down to after week six, week seven, he'd been playing off. And, you know, this game wasn't going to be any different facing a premier cornerback. You know, regardless of this being an important divisional game, we just knew this wasn't going to happen. I mean, that, look, he catches that deep touchdown pass. It changes everything, right? Maybe the Bills win. We're not even talking about this like that. Maybe we're talking about how Rasheed Rice couldn't step up enough, right? But at the end of the day, he didn't catch that pass. He didn't get it. He just – I don't know, man. I mean, and we we saw, you know, Trayvon Diggs. We saw him, you know, tear his ACL and then uh, get big on Twitter this season. And he was saying, you know, get my brother out of Buffalo and – Shit like that. So, you know, there's definitely it definitely can't be all sunshine and rainbows over there, especially again, you know, Stefan Diggs gonna be standing there looking at the Chief Chiefs Kingdom and the confetti raining down on him. Like, you know, they just can't get it done against the Chiefs, man. And at the end of the day, something needs to switch up. I know you're changing out your coordinator, but some more things have got to happen. Yeah, I love that you mentioned um Trayvon on Twitter. So I know we haven't quite gotten to the NBA yet, but did you see the Buddy Heald burner kind of fiasco that's going on? No, I didn't. So Buddy Heald clearly has a burner account and he refuses to admit it, but he uh, he tweeted something from it and immediately deleted it, but someone caught him and then he went on to tweet it from his main account. So he's just been getting... <laughs> but let me read you one of these tweets from his burner. If you want to win a championship, trade for Buddy. If you need a pure shooter, playmaker, and score, trade for Buddy. <laughs> if you're paying for his talents in the summer, trade for Buddy. If not, he ain't re-signing if you trade for him, so don't waste your assets, Buddy not. <laughs> Bro, like, you trying to act like this is not you? It's it's insane. It's absolutely insane. And <laughs> actually, he just tweeted this morning. I missed it. Good morning to everyone except those who think I'm somebody I'm not. Somebody. <laughs> but if you if you scroll through his Twitter, it's like every single tweet's just very specifically about Buddy Heal. Not the Pacers, Buddy Heal. Yeah, that's uh unless his mom's running that burner account. Maybe. But he, the other thing is he does it doesn't tweet during Pacers games. <laughs> People have gone through it and for like the two, three hours during their games, nothing. Bro, be better. Hire someone to post a couple tweets during the game. Or just schedule something. Schedule <laughs> something. Yeah, we know how to do that. Hire yeah. us. That was just insane. It's been a crazy week in the NBA, and I guess we can jump right into the NBA and then get to college basketball later. But before we do, one last thing on the NFL. So we will have a live show on Sunday reacting to the games. I know we did it for our Washington future. That ended terribly. But we heard some great feedback, said we should do that more. So we're going to be riding on Sunday from like three to whenever the second game ends. So be sure to t- check that out on our YouTube. It's going to be a lot of fun. Matt will be back from Cancun. Our editor, Will, will be on there. It's, it's going to be a good time. Oh, yeah. Brian, I got I got one more thing for you on the NFL. So just looking around at the four teams left, you know, a lot of good players, a lot of good coaches, offense, defense. 
what are some of the similarities that you're seeing between these four teams as far as team building goes and how you should be structuring your roster as a franchise? How are you seeing how this is all playing out between these four teams making it this far? Yeah, so I will say that's a good question. Um, and once again, I'm using Twitter for, for my, my knowledge here, but I saw a tweet earlier today. And the two one seeds, the Ravens and the 49ers, they both paid their exceptional linebackers. And that's something the Eagles didn't do after last year's run. That's something a lot of these teams just don't have in today's NFL, a good edge rusher and a good middle linebacker. And the 49ers and the Ravens both have that. It's shown that both their defenses have been great. I know the Niners hasn't been as good as of late. Uh, I think getting Chase Young may have been a mistake, but that's a whole nother, whole nother rant. But yeah, the linebacker play and then good coaching. We we already talked about the coaching. I said Dan Campbell might be the great greatest coach left, and then we named three ones better than him. So those are kind of the two I've seen. What about you? No, I, the first thing I was going to say is coaching. That was kind of funny, the, the, the Dan Campbell thing earlier. That was, you know, we just popped out and said the other three coaches, and we were like, <laughs> you can make a case for any of them. Um, so, I, you know, coaching is is definitely big. I mean, you got to have a good structure in your program. And after that, you know, as far as players and personnel goes, I mean, for me, you look at the quarterbacks, um, you know, Jared Goff, former number one overall pick, Brock Purdy, you know, be it Mr. Irrelevant has been phenomenal. And anybody who's hating on Brock Purdy, just stop. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I will say about Brock Purdy, he's, he's a great quarterback, but there's a reason he went last. And one of those reasons is his hands just aren't as big as a lot of these other quarterbacks. And he was really trying to try him off like mid play in the rain last week. And that kind of hurt him. But yeah, Brock Purdy is a very good quarterback. Yes, he he's he's a good field general. And I saw a clip of him. Someone was supposed to be running. A, a kiddo was supposed to go in motion. And Juszczyk was saying like, over here, over here, over here. And then uh, Purdy was like, no, 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 stay there, stay there, stay there. There's two seconds left on the play clock, right? If, if Kittle were to go in motion, would have screwed the whole thing up. He wouldn't have been set, false start, or, you know, delay a game, whatever you want to call it, illegal man in motion. Purdy had the mindset to tell him to stay there, even with use check, chirping, snap the ball, still got the playoff. Christian McCaffrey, like 30-yard run touchdown. Wow. So – I, I, I love Brock Purdy, man. I think he does it right. Um, I'm a firm believer in him. And, you know, we have to keep in mind this is his second year. And like you said, he's the last over – he was the last pick. So, he's got to develop. He still has room to develop and, and time. And I have no worries that he's going to be a premier quarterback in this league down the show, you know, for years to come. And then on the other side, you got Lamar Mahomes. And we don't have to spend too much time on them. I mean, come on. Yeah. They're, they're, they're the two best quarterbacks in the league probably. So yep. – uh, quarterback is, is central in this. And then, you know, I like what you said about the linebackers. You know, that isn't really where I I was just going defense in general. You know, you look at the the Niners, the Ravens, great defenses, the Lions, good, good defense, you know, have definitely have their holes. We're up and down all season, but they're playing really well down the stretch in the playoffs right now. And then, uh, you know, the last team, the Chiefs, you know, they, they've been the, – the defense is what's been carrying them this year. The defense and the run game, it's crazy to say that Mahomes hasn't been the focal point of the team, but he really hasn't. So defenses overall are just really, really important. Yeah, I mean, defense wins championships is the old adage. And I know it's cliche, but year in and year out, it proves itself true. 
I also saw something today. Make sure I'm, I'm I'm right about this. Every single team has had a new offensive coordinator come to town within the past two years. Yeah, Ravens. Uh, yes, Chiefs. Matt Nagy from Bienemy. Uh, yeah, Ben Johnson's probably newish with the Lions, and then I I mean I mean across the league. Oh, across the league. Across the league. Everything had a new offensive coordinator within the past two years. Yeah. Uh, That's something I saw today. That's I, a you know, crazy stat. I don't know how true it is, but the more I think about it, it the more it makes sense. Yeah, um, I can't really was, think of like, like a, a long tenured offensive coordinator. So yeah, well. I mean, look, good ones get promoted to head coaches, the bad ones yeah. <laughs> go to college. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's that's an insane stat. Two years, dude. Think about think about like the classic coaches like Parcells who had you know their their their, their tree or like a Shanahan had their, their their tree just attached to them for for years. And you know, as much as they may have wanted to go on and be the head coach somewhere else, there was just like that loyalty. Like now we're in this together. We're just mm-hmm. we're gonna ride this out. Yeah, I mean, even like as soon as ten years ago, the Giants. Had what? Oh, what the fuck's his name? I want to say Ben McAdoo, but I don't think that's right. I think that's a basketball player. But he was he was god awful. He was the worst offensive coordinator I've ever seen, and he stayed there for like four years just because you know his guy. Yeah, that that's in, that's insane. Let me make sure that's his name. Yeah, Ben McAdoo, this fucking guy. I think I think the guy I think the guy you're thinking the basketball player was like James James Michael, Michael McAdoo. Yeah, I thought he UNC player. Yeah, I thought he had a dad that was named – it might have been Bob. I'm thinking of, like, 2K legend teams. But, yeah, anyway, Bob McAdoo, never want to see him coach the Giants again. That guy was a disaster. I think he got a head coaching job in the Panthers, too. That may not be right, but considering the Panthers are a dumpster fire, I could definitely see it. But, yeah, I guess um, we're, we'll wrap it up with football talk here. Save save a little bit for the football show later this week. <laughs> we went a little long there. But, yeah, we crazy. Yeah, but before we go long on another topic, because I'm sure we both have a lot to say about Auburn, we will talk a little bit about the NBA. Take it away. So, big news of, I guess it would be yesterday when you're listening to this, Terry Rogier is going to the Miami Heat, which I guess would be good for them, because the Heat, as good as they are, they always kind of struggle to get that scoring behind Jimmy Butler, who really only scores in the playoffs, and then Bam, who's kind of one-dimensional. So you get Terry Rogier and you get him shooting 23s a game. You might only make seven of them, but he's going to shoot them. And Kyle Lowry goes to Charlotte and the, they get a first-round pick of, in 2027. So I, I guess it's a good move for the Hornets, too. You get a first-round pick, but then you got to pay Kyle, Rau- Kyle Lowry. God, I can't say his name for shit. Never have been able to. But, yeah, I, I guess it's something. I don't know if you have any thoughts on it, but I don't think it really moves the needle for. No, I mean, I think I think the the Charlotte's doing that solely for the pick, you know, the the down the road pick. I mean, I don't think there's really a lot of value in Kyle Lowry. I know they have a couple injuries to their guard, so they could, I guess, use the depth. But you know, Kyle Lowry is in you know the the epitome of health himself. He he's been hurt a lot down in Miami. He wasn't available for most of the playoff runs. So I don't really understand the move entirely. Uh, but as far as 
Terry for for Miami. You said it right. They're they're just looking for another score. Kyle Lowry, you know, at this point in his career, really wasn't getting it done for them. And they're a team that still have playoff and, and championship aspirations. So they're going to be making moves where they can to get it done. No, I, I, yeah, I, I don't know what the uh, LGBTQ population is like down in Charlotte, but I will say Kyle Lowry has a caboose, so that might get some people to the game down there. <laughs> maybe, maybe there's some thinking in that. But besides that, uh, we have some other news. The Bucks fired their coach. The 30 and 13 Bucks have fired Adrian Griffin. There's reports they might try to hire Doc Rivers. I don't know how hiring Doc Rivers would really help, considering Giannis is just pretty much spearheading that organization. Uh, I know people made fun of LeBron for being like the owner and GM of his teams in the past, but the fact the Giannis is still employed by an NBA team is solely because Giannis is on that team. I know the Bucs have had their struggles on the road, 30 and 13, and you fire your head coach. That just, just doesn't seem like a place you'd want to go as a head coach in the future. You know, people, people say that all the time, you know, don't set the precedent of, of, of firing. Or I know Matt said it about Sirianni not too <laughs> yeah. long ago. So I don't want to, I don't want to blame, blame him too hard here, but I, I guess what I'm trying to say is, I get it. You have Giannis and you have Dame and you, you know, you have this team, you know, Middleton, you know, you, you have all these pieces where it's a regular season. You don't need to win every game, but 30 and 13 isn't really all that impressive. I can understand it. And it, there has to be something more going on. Maybe it's, maybe it really is just the road struggles, but I would doubt that there's gotta be some sort of other friction going on behind the doors that we're not seeing. And these guys, they're, they gotta make their moves. Yeah, I guess I'll always, I always go back to this point, too. And I know it pisses off a lot of basketball nerds out there. But it's if you're on the wrong, other side of this argument, you're just wrong. The head coach in basketball, at least in professional basketball, is probably the least important out of all the major sports. I, I know in college it matters a lot more. But, like, in the NBA, your head coach really – unless you have, like, an Eric Spolstra coaching a bunch of undrafted free agents, I just – if you have Giannis and Dame, I, I – I guess you really just need a likable head coach. Yeah, I mean, I think I would agree with that. I think I would agree with that. I don't really know, you know, I don't, it's definitely well, disrespectful to say just in general. I mean, think about it. Like, well, you're, the you're NFL, probably, NFL, you need a scheme. You need to be a leader of men, as people call it. It's, it's and very it, important in the NFL. It's a grind. And then baseball, the manager, you need to make important decisions in game. You need to set a lineup card every day. Yeah, pitching rotation, all that good stuff. Yeah, and then NHL, like you're doing line changes every four minutes, and you need yeah. to figure out who plays well with who. Soccer, same kind of thing, like just scheming and formations. And uh, soccer might be easier to coach, bro. Because I look, I think it's the same with soccer and basketball, where you go in with the game plan, and then your players just play. You're actually calling well. You're calling plays in both sports. I think they call plays in soccer. You know, well. Yeah, but, I mean, basketball, you have plays, but you're not really calling. Unless it's like an inbounds play. Yeah, I mean, that's still got to get schemed up. It's a lot of, you know, I don't know, dude. I think I think that you could go either way. They're both pretty. I it's, it's, okay, soccer might have been a stretch. but not compared to the other three. Yeah, if you look at hockey, if you look at football, and if you look at baseball, it, it's just it doesn't matter as much. So, I don't know. You can disagree with me, whoever, in the comments, because I'm sure this will be a clip. but. Yeah, no, I'm firm on that stance. But I guess the final thing in the NBA today, 
Uh, Tristan Thompson is addicted to cheating. He already did it with Khloe Kardashian, and he's done it in the NBA now. 25 game suspension for PEDs. The guy averaging three, three, and one in 10 minutes a game was taking PEDs. Yeah, I don't understand how he's still even in the league. <laughs> he's probably the answer. Yeah, I, I think he's um I think he's represented by Rich Paul because he's all buddy buddy with LeBron. So that's probably the only reason. But even LeBron doesn't run him on his teams anymore. So I don't get it. I, I really don't. But he wasn't all that good. I mean, he was a good rebounder in the Cleveland days. But what did he do outside of that? I mean, I, I don't know why you want him on your team. Yeah, he, he was. I, I would say he was a great rebounder. So I'll give him that. But yeah, now there's just nothing, nothing about him that looks good. And then I know I said that was the final thing, but I will give Joel Embiid his flowers because I know Matt's not here to do it. Dropped 70 points, led his team to a victory. So Joel Embiid probably going to win the MVP this year. If he keeps dropping numbers like this, he's going to be averaging 40 points a game. So oh, yeah. I know how you can't give it to him. But yeah, we'll see if the Sixers can get out of the second round. I know Matt will have a lot to say next time he's on. So we're about to get into some college basketball here. We're probably going to go on about – five, six minutes about our Auburn Tigers, and rightfully so. So if if you don't want to hear us just love our Auburn Tigers, skip ahead about five or six minutes. Oh, yeah, talk some more Eagle, baby. Like we said earlier, eighth in the AP poll, play Alabama tonight, two-point, two-and-a-half-point underdogs. It's going to be tough. Uh, Alabama can shoot well, especially at home with Mark Sears, Aaron Estrada, Grant Nelson. But those three alone at home, their percentages are so much better than on the road. And they'll have the student section with the fucking white hard hats on for some reason. I don't get why they do that, but they'll be hyped up. So how are you feeling about this game? Look, man, it's it's the Iron Bowl. It might be it, it might be basketball, but it's still the Iron Bowl. It's still Auburn. It's still Alabama. It's going to be bloody. It's going to be gritty. No love lost on this court. That's for damn sure. Uh, I'm sure Alabama's coach will be very animated, as Bruce will be. I'm super excited for this game. Super, super excited. You know, Auburn Tigers are undefeated in SEC play right now. This should be the game that, you know, law of averages, rivalry game, away game, you know, at Alabama, you know, call what you want against us. Like, this should be the game we lose. You won't see me betting on that, though. I'm riding Auburn until the grave, dude. We're just a better team. We're, we're, in my opinion, we're a top five team in college basketball. I think we're better than Kentucky and Tennessee. Uh, well, maybe we're on the board. I think we could win, you know, any any given game with Tennessee. Let me say that right now. And I think we're a better team than Kentucky, at least at this stage in the season. You know, Kentucky's a young team, so we'll see how they progress come tournament time. But right now, we're better than Kentucky. I think we're just as good as Tennessee. You know, there's some other good dogs in there. Uh, I think Purdue would give us a lot of trouble with that size. But let me not get out on too much of a tangent here. I'm taking Auburn to win on the road. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy to think that Auburn was unranked to open up the season. I know Kempom had him at like 17, which, I mean, makes a lot of sense now. But you look at you look at this game tomorrow, and if they win that, let me, let me take you to the schedule. So then you're at Mississippi State, who just cannot score a lick, and Auburn's defense will suffocate them. So that's a win. Then you host Vanderbilt. They might win that game by 50. Then you're at Ole Miss, who they just beat, albeit at home, but they just beat them by 30. So I, I don't think they should have any issues there. Then you host Alabama, where you'll probably be favored by like six or seven. Dumb. Then you're at Florida, who cannot get any scoring off the bench, and Auburn's bench is absolutely going to suffocate them. Dumb. 
Then you host South Carolina. No. Then you host Kentucky. So if you beat Alabama, there's a realistic shot that Kentucky game is for the SEC title all the way in early February. Well, to be fair, at the time of this recording, South Carolina is playing Kentucky, and they're up four in the second half right now. So there's a shot that that game won't even matter for the title. You know, we can lose that game and still have the title. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. The issue Um, there is you still have to play Tennessee. Yeah, I mean, look, don't look, don't get don't get me wrong. Uh, all those dubs I just said, they're not gimmies. Going on the road to Ole Miss, even though we should whoop their butt, you know, going on the road can always give you trouble. We can lose there. You know, South Carolina has been playing very good this season, a lot better than a lot of people expected. I think they're sitting at fifteen and three, three and two in SEC play. So we'll see how they they are when come come time we play them. But I don't think. I don't think there's any reason, you know, you should count us out for going undefeated in SEC play. Yeah, I, I would love to see it. I, I this if if there's a team that can do it, it's this Auburn team. They're they're just so good. They're so deep, and so deep. that will be the last I say about it because I, I know we might be losing some people after talking for about five minutes about Auburn, and Matt's not here to cut us off. All right, if you missed that segment on Auburn, welcome back to as I would say about FCS football, sports that people care about. So, so the last thing uh, I will say about college basketball, of course, we just dropped another bracketology. Please go check it out. Matt and I worked so hard on it. And when Matt gets back to the live show on Sunday, we will drop our future bet for the college basketball champion. I know it didn't work out with Washington, but it was almost there. But our Thunder are still very alive in the NBA, and we need somebody to root for in college. So we're going to be in the lab trying to figure out who that's going to be. I think I know where Matt's going to be leaning on his, and he might be able to sway Jack over because I Jack likes those guys too. But we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. All right, and then one final thing before we wrap up here. Major League Baseball is in shambles, and Rob Manfred needs to do something about it. I don't know what he can do. I don't know if he's able to do anything. That's not me talking about the rules. That's me just talking about how he's an incompetent prick. But the Dodgers are running away with the offseason crown, and that might make him run away with the regular season and postseason crown. So they just signed James Paxton to a one-year contract, something that any other team could have done. I don't know why the Mets haven't done it. They're about to run Tyler McGill out there every fifth day when James Paxton was good last year. It's just, it's unbelievable that all these teams are just sitting on the sidelines while the Dodgers just sign every free agent. I, I don't understand it. The Phillies who are supposed to be all in, they've, they re-signed Aaron Nola. And then that's about all they've done. The Mets signed Luis Severino. You heard me talk about that. The Yankees traded for Juan Soto, but haven't done shit else. All the other contenders, like the, Nobody is doing anything, and I just don't understand it at all. It, it doesn't make any sense to me. The Otani domino fell a month and a half ago, and all we've seen is the Dodgers signed Teoscar Hernandez and now James Paxson. It's an absolute joke. I'm not looking forward to baseball season. It's the first time I haven't looked forward to baseball season since the Mets named Dylan G the opening day starter in 2013. I, I don't get it. I really don't get it. And that's why I'm wearing the Expos hat, because that's the only team that's not going to be disappointed this, this season. I just, I I don't understand it. Jack, I know you're not, you don't really have a team in the race in the MLB, but even you as a bystander, like the the Dodgers are just, I I don't get it. I, I don't get it. 
Look, baseball's always had this problem where the big market, big name teams, they're able to buy the league. I mean, we saw the Yankees do it for, I don't know, the first 20 years of my life. I mean, they're still doing it. Who am I kidding? But they've been doing it my entire life. You know, I remember the big name signings like A-Rod. I'm Merck A-Rod. But they got A-Rod. Uh, who else? Along like Teixeira. Jacoby Ellsbury. That Ellsbury, didn't really work out. But Damon. <laughs> Johnny Damon they took from the Sox, too. Yeah, uh, like all these guys. Just... Big CC. I mean, dude, all these guys, they just you – know, Clemens. I mean, they, they brought all these guys in left and right. They've been buying them forever. Uh, now it's the Dodgers with, with their huge market out there in L.A. So that's my problem. That's one of the biggest problems with baseball. It, it really makes it tough for the little guys like uh, days. But um, we did see the, the Texas Rangers win it this year. So shout out the Rangers getting it done. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's it doesn't make I mean, any sense to me. You're always going to have the teams that buy their way to wins, but for nobody else to even like James Paxton, it was a one year deal worth twelve million dollars, and a lot of people could have used James Paxton. And it's just it doesn't make I don't know, I don't know. I'm probably putting on too much of my tinfoil conspiracy hat here, but there's something going on. So the, the you mentioned the A's, and I will say they they shot themselves in the foot too much. They don't even get. I I don't feel bad for them at all. So they're they're moving to Vegas, as I'm sure right. everybody knows by now. <laughs> the construction on that stadium is not going to be done until like 2029, 2030. So they are touring ballparks to play at right now. <laughs> and it looks like they're going to end up in a uh, minor league ballpark. So let me ask you this. Do they sell out a minor league stadium or <laughs> do they still not have enough fans to even sell that out? Yes, they sell out a minor league stadium, bro. Dude, I don't know. Like they, they're losing a lot of fans moving, and I don't I think Vegas really. Stadium. They sell out. Uh, I mean, for I non-professional know. teams, when Aaron Judge doesn't show up, you know. Yeah, I guess that's fair, but they're they're probably still going to be charging major league prices. So it's a, I don't know. But the oh, Oakland dude, don't, days, hot dog, hot dog will still be twelve dollars. Don't worry. <laughs> Unless it's Dollar Dog Night in Philadelphia and you get people Dollar throwing Dollar. hot dogs at opposing fans. It's a pretty elite tradition, honestly. It really is. I, w- I wish they did it with crab fries, but I think the higher-ups of Chickies and Pete's would not let that happen. <laughs> I think that'll do it. I know it was uh, a little bit of a, I guess, off-the-rails show. We don't really have our normal director, Matt, here, uh, praying he gets back from Cancun safely soon. Should be there maybe for the NFL show on Thursday. If not, he'll be here on Sunday. I mean, look, dude went five and oh, right? Five and oh on his NFL picks, made the boss man a lot of money. When I bought him a vacation to Cancun, let him have his time. I mean, shout out, Matt. I'm trying to go undefeated next weekend, but like I said, probably won't happen until Super Bowl. Tap in. Yeah, we'll have we'll have those bets on Thursday. Show will come out on Friday. If you want to fade Jack, if you want to tail Jack. Probably should fade him the way he's been looking lately. But, yeah, until then, uh, that's all I got. I don't know, Jack, you got anything else for the people? Uh, Yeah, well, for Matt, real quick, I'll just say, can't wait until pitchers and catchers report. And then, uh, for me, War Eagle in the top ten, top five team, winning the SEC, winning it all. I can wait about a year until pitchers and catchers report. <laughs>